Welcome, every last one of you, to episode 67 of Near Perfect Pitch. Stonker, I'll say that again, stonker of an episode coming up for you this week. I'll kick things off by letting you know that uh, without any shadow of a doubt, this particular episode, 67, is brought to you by Lee Rogers, Professor Yaffle, and the White chocolate chip cookie no less now that'll uh, have your your brains ticking over there lee rogers the uh, the brainchild behind professor yaffle gonna be chatting with him at the end of the program surrounded by three songs off their debut double long player cosmic lullabies my album of recent times and i'm uh, assuming that uh, by virtue of its uh, spike sales of late that a lot of you uh, agree with me so those of you that haven't heard anything it means that you haven't been doing your job properly you've not been listening to this program because i have played professor yaffle in the past and will continue to do so so stay tuned till the end uh, of the program for the interview with lee new material wise this week and uh, something new by uh, by germany's jaguar spelled uh, J-A-G-U-W-A-R a brand new um, single uh, EP rather by uh, Moon Duo I'm going to hear Jukebox Babe from that uh, something brand new of uh, the, the new, as of uh, three or four days ago, the new Go Team record. Going to hear a track called uh, She's Got Guns. Uh, a brand new single by Editors. The new single by Gaz Coombs, uh, ex-Supergrass. Uh, uh, amongst other things, I think we'll hear something off the new Charlotte Gainsborough in as much as I'm hoping that we can hear something off uh, the new Shed 7 LP as well. We've got our regular features, Weekly Peel. This week we've got some Susie and the Banshees for you. Hat-trick this week is uh, non-thematic, but three belters in a row. Our Essential Wax this week is a little bit of a cheat in that it's a compilation album, but it is an album that you need. It's by Mexico 70, and it's entitled The Dust Has Come to Stay. Our obligatory fall art, in case I've uh, forgotten to mention that. I probably mentioned that already, didn't I? Uh, got our Cover Me this week. We're going to have a Book of Love for having a stab at some David Bowie. And uh, we've got Tinterweb Time and a whole load of other songs in betwixt. We'll kick things off this week quite handily with some new order from their first LP.
marvellous new material there by the Go Team from Brighton. That's off their brand new and fifth LP released just a couple of days ago, entitled Semicircle. And that was preceded by from New Order's debut LP, their first record after the demise of Joy Division, after the untimely death of, uh, of Mr Ian Curtis. 1981's movement, we heard uh, the lead track of the LP, Dreams Never End. Two songs in, lots and lots to get to. Again, uh, very, very excited to be sharing an interview with, uh, with Lee Rogers at the end of the programme from uh, the immense, immense uh, Professor Yaffle. Three tracks as well to accompany the interview, so stay tuned for all that. No fast-forwarding, by the way. And uh, I did mention to you that there is a the usual litany of uh, of new releases as well to get uh, to get sorted out, and I'm hoping I can get two tracks by uh, some Concrete Blonde, uh, some DIIV, amongst other acts such as who have I got down here? Oh yeah, Flash in the Pan. I think I'm gonna play some Flash in the Pan after this next track, which is off the Jam's fourth LP, their fourth LP actually in two years, uh, from Setting Suns from 1979, Thick as Thieves. <laughs>
from 1984. Australia's flash in the pan. And that is the extended remix of Midnight Man. It appears on their fourth LP, Early Morning Wake Up Call. And the jam preceded that track by Flash in the Pan off their fourth LP also. Uh, their fourth LP in a, in a matter of about, um, I think they turned that around in about 30 months. They turned out four LPs, did the jam. And that's from Setting Suns uh, from 1979. Thick as Thieves. Next up, we're going to get our obligatory fall R track out the way quite early this week. I'm 
Ain't That Nice. That's the book of love, and that's them having a go at uh, some David Bowie there for our uh, Cover Me of the Week. And that's from their fourth and final LP entitled Love Bubble from 2009. And our uh, obligatory full R track preceded that in all its glory. And we heard specifically my ex-classmates' kids from the Falls 22nd LP, Are You Are Missing Winner, from 2000. And Vaughn, let's go to Southampton now, and here's something by the men they couldn't hang. Something, uh, actually I haven't played this band for a long, long time. Let's do their first single, Iron Masters.
February 1978. That's Susie Navanchis with the Hong Kong Garden Peel Session from that date. That is a fantastic tune and uh, extra special in its raw format as a Peel Session. And before that, uh, their first single from uh, 1985 that features on their first LP on Demon Records, Night of a Thousand Candles. That is The Men They Couldn't Hang with Iron Masters with a wonderful lyric in there about one Margaret Thatcher as I try and position my tongue in my mouth as it should be. And oh, that Iron Bastard, she still gets her way. Quite a lyric and quite a song, quite a band they are. And if you are to uh, to pick up on any of their stuff, there are a few very, very good compilations that do a very good job of giving you a great cross-section of uh, the works of 
the, uh, the men they couldn't hang. Right, where are we now? Let's see if we can catch up. Oh, we're going to go to Manchester now. We're going to go and hear something off uh, one of the records of the year last year, specifically uh, Pop or Not by White Horses, a wonderful, eclectic mishmash of an LP, 17 tracks in all. You're going to hear a song entitled When I Was a Scout. <laughs>
1981 from their third LP. This is the Ice Age, that's Martha and the Muffins from Toronto and a single called Women Around the World at Work. A very poppy number, that one, and uh, a firm, firm favourite in my house anyway. And before that, from the epic debut LP released last year by White Horses, that's a white with a Y, Horses. The album entitled Pop or Not is essential essential listening and we heard an lb track called when i was a scout we are a third of the way through the musical content this week we're 10 songs in got there quite quickly didn't we um we're going to keep uh, the trend of just playing good music with the 11th song what can you expect well you can expect this by mystery jets it's their fifth single one of seven singles uh, pulled off their debut lp making dens from uh, 2006 this is the boy who ran away there was a boy who ran away
brand new stuff from Dresden, Germany's Jaguar. That's off their brand new LP, Ring Ting. And you can learn all that there is necessary to know about Jaguar at jaguar.bandcamp.com. And that's J A G U W A R. And uh, prior to hearing uh, Jaguar, we heard Mystery Jets, their fifth single, as I'd mentioned, uh, from their debut long player, Making Dens. Uh, the, the album was released in uh, 2005, and this single came out uh, a year later, a few months later, one of seven singles off that record. Talk about milking it. What we got next? Oh, new stuff uh, by editors from their forthcoming new and sixth LP, Violence. It's going to be out uh, on uh, the 9th of March. Here's a teaser track, Magazine. Right this way The rooms fall to burst Whatever you say Gotta quench that thirst I got a secret for you It's in a magazine You got much to keep safe nails stay Talk about my healing 
from 1993's A Rock to Cling To EP. That is Disco Inferno with a track called uh, From the Devil to the Deep Blue Sea. That's on Rough Trade Records. And before we heard that wonder, we heard the brand new single by editors from their soon-to-be-released 6th LP, Violence, which is released on the 9th of March. That is a really, really good single. Yes, it's polished, but... uh, it's a very well-crafted tune, is that? So, where are we at right now? It is time now for another new release, actually. Moon Duo have a new record out on Sacred Bones Records. It's a, uh, a split single. They have uh, covered two songs. They have covered uh, specifically Jukebox Babe by Alan Vega, a single from 1981, and a Stooges cover, No Fun, which uh, I know a lot of you are familiar with. It's been produced by Pete uh, Sonic Boone Kemba uh, from uh, Spaceman 3, and uh, it is a rather, rather good single. We're going to hear the Alan Vega cover, Jukebox Babe, in just a second, and then after that we're going to get into our Essential Wax, which this week is Mexico 70. Mm-hmm. 
Jingo. Mick Bunn could craft a pop song. That's Mexico 70, and that is a song called What's In Your Mind? I'll get into more detail with regards to Mexico 70, who are our feature artists for our Essential Wax this week. But before we heard that, I'll just reiterate what you heard. We heard uh, Moon Duo from Portland, Oregon, with uh, Jukebox Babe, one of two covers on their split single. That is an Alan Vega song from 81, and the other song on the, the release is uh, a cover of uh, The Stooges' No Fun. And again, that is produced by, uh, by Sonic Boom, which is more than interesting. And if you want to know more about these uh, wonderful people, Moon Duo at, uh, sorry, moonduo.bandcamp.com is where you can uh, keep up to date with uh, all things Moon Duo. Now, Mick Bund, Always been a fan of his work, and uh, I was uh, saddened and embarrassed to find out that uh, he had passed away last year without there being an awful lot of mention made and uh, any kind of fanfare, which I found uh, quite quite sad, really. Uh, he was a, a member of Felt uh, in uh, during the heady days. He has also worked very closely and collaborated with Sarah Cracknell from uh, Saint Etienne on, on numerous projects. Has, a, has his own solo album to boot, but the body of work that he uh, released with Mexico 70 is just pure pop, jingle jangle pop, and it is uh, it's consummate stuff. It's it's quite beautiful, and um, the Essential Wax LP of the week this week is the LP entitled The Dust Has Come to Stay, which came out in 1992, which is for all intents and purposes, a compilation record of uh, their first two EPs, the uh, Valencia EP, from which uh, the What's In Your Mind song that I've just played was pulled from uh, from 1991, and also uh, puts together the songs from the wonderful Lie EP, released later in the same year, 91, their second EP, and throws in four extra tracks as well. So uh, it's a nice little compilation on the wonderful Cherry Red Records. I can't remember what label it was released on over here. It came out in North America with uh, a different cover, and it's still uh, relatively easy to get your hands on. So if you do like what you hear, go and source some Mexico 70. And um, Mick Bund, yeah, he passed away last year, and I was very, very sad to, to, to learn of that. And uh, it just made me uh, re-examine his body of work. And Mexico 70, I tell you, I just can't, I just can't understand why they didn't make a dent. They didn't, even, they didn't even touch the sides, unfortunately, but they didn't even make a dent, which is a, a real shame. But that's not to say that we can't enjoy retroactively the body of work that Mick Bund has left us with. His wonderful lie.
Deep Pockets, that's Gaz Coombs, and that's a teaser track from the forthcoming third solo LP of his coming out in May. That is Deep Pockets. And before we heard Deep Pockets, we heard the second of two songs as featured on our Essential Wax LP of the week, which in this instance is The Dust Has Come to Stay from 1992 by Mexico 70 on Cherry Red Records. As a reminder, we heard the first song, What's In Your Mind, of their debut Valencia EP from 1991 on this compilation and the second song we heard was their second single off their second EP Wonderful Lie and that was also from 1991 and on the wonderful Cherry Red Records 2 now I think it's time where I can give you a little bit of a break. It's at the time of the uh, the programme where I play three in a row. It's a hat-trick where you get a break from my monotonous voice. And as I mentioned at the top of the programme, this is a non-thematic hat-trick. Sometimes uh, there's a modicum of uh, smarts behind it. In this instance, nope, nothing at all. Just three songs in a row. Enjoy.
What a blinding track that is. That is uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg of her new and fifth LP, Rest. That is Deadly Valentine. And I can't stop playing this record. It is phenomenal. Before we heard uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg, we heard Missing the Moon by The Field Mice, a single from 1991 on the gorgeous and ultra-affable Sarah Records. And before that, uh, going to the States, a title track from their self-titled debut from 1986, that is Concrete Blonde, with probably the most prominent of their tunes still in Hollywood. So there's your at-trick for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed it, managed to uh, multitask and get some things done whilst listening to three in a row. Um, we've got a few songs left before we get into our interview with uh, Lee and talk all things Professor Yaffle at the end of the programme. Stay tuned because it is going to be a beauty. I think it's pretty fair to say I love this band. So anyway, let's hear some Bradford, shall we? Uh, Bradford are, confusingly enough, from Blackburn. Uh, they were around in the late 80s, early 90s, and Morrissey did cover uh, their first single entitled Skinstorm. This particular track that we're going to hear is a B-side from said single entitled Dodging Around in Cars. <laughs> Die! 
D-I-I-V-A-K-A Z or Z Cole Smith from Brooklyn. That's an LP track of uh, his most recent and second LP, 2016's Is The Is Are. And uh, you can learn more about uh, this act, this shoegazy goodness at uh, D-I-I-V-C-T dot bandcamp uh, dot com. Lots and lots of bandcamp plugs that I do on a weekly basis. I really should be monetizing that, shouldn't I? And before we heard uh, Under the Sky by DIIV, we heard Dodging Around in Cars, Bradford, a B-side from uh, their debut single, Skinstorm, from 1989. Now it's time for some Spearmint and uh, just a handful of songs before we get into our interview with Lee and uh, Professor Yaffle, which is just around the corner. He'll sleep outside tonight. He caused a stir in town earlier to his antics, dressed as a cowboy and singing his songs. They prefer not to think about it. Wandering and wandering around until you finally feel invisible. Says you chose that lifestyle. Well, 
choice to sleep outside in the winter? I don't think so. And the strange thing is that now you're gone. People almost seem to see you more than when you're around. It's the guilt that does that. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll see you on the other 
side of town I see cracks in the pavement But I won't slip down Love the sound of trains. That's Shed 7 off their new LP, their fifth and first in 16 years, released just uh, a few weeks ago in November. The album's called Instant Pleasures. That's a song entitled Victoria. And before we heard Victoria by that lot, we heard Spearmint off their third LP from 97, entitled Oklahoma. That is the title track. A couple more songs to get to before we enter the wonderful and ethereal mystical world of Professor Yaffle. We're going to hear next something by uh, Leeds's Forward Russia. Here's their second single, confusingly titled 13.
Schoolboy's a wet dream. That's Wendy James and her Transvision Vamp from the her debut LP, Pop Art from 1988, and uh, a single, I Want Your Love, that did some serious damage in the charts. That did uh, don't usually play super super popular stuff, but uh, that one uh, that one had a place. I think it did. And from Leeds, before that, with their second single of their debut LP, Give Me a Wall from 2006. That was Forward Russia, again with 13. Now, uh, it's time for something that uh, I often forget about, but in this instance, I think I've got something relevant to share. The feature on the programme that gets forgotten the most for some reason is Tinterweb time and it's entirely my fault it's down to my complete and utter lack of organisation earlier this week without wanting to drop names uh, I was talking to Michelle Shocked and she was specifically talking to me about a lawsuit a 1.6 billion dollar lawsuit specifically that is being um, processed uh, against Spotify and I'll, uh, I'll ping you to a site. You go to npr.org uh, and, and search Spotify, or you can go to the show notes uh, where I very, very uh, meticulously write down every URL for anything of any poignance on the programme, so you can uh, find it that way as well. But uh, just briefly, it's, uh, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs for you. It says, when it comes to reporting on Spotify and the company's strained relationship with songwriters and publishers, it's beginning to sound like a broken system. But a possible fix is in. Just two days before New Year's Eve, the music publishing company Wixen, which manages the compositions of a wide cross-section of artists from Neil Young to Rage Against the Machine, filed a lawsuit against Spotify over its failure to properly license those works before making them available to stream. Now, I'm not going to read this entire article. It's very, very interesting. But... The bottom line is this. Uh, I used to be in the music industry many, many moons ago, and granted, it was, not, uh, it was not a flawless system, far, far from it, but at least you could trace the money and the artists were getting a tangible cut. Uh, a new artist now is faced with a, with a real dilemma. They have to use the promotional uh, machine of the, the world that is digital. Uh, they have to leverage that to the best of their ability. So the, so the quandary is this for an artist. Do you, A not make your material available on Spotify and and impel people to buy it. But by virtue of doing that, not reaching out and branding and uh, enhancing your branding marketing footprint by not marketing it as as a listenable product as opposed to a a purchase product. Or do you just simply 
cut your losses, leave Spotify as a, uh, a promotional tool and hope that uh, some people eventually do download it or have the decency to download it. Um, but having said that, it doesn't really boil down to decency, it boils down to convenience. And if you are a, a music listener in the vein of my two kids, for instance, Spotify is the, is the epicenter of their universe. They don't uh, they don't appreciate the the value of ownership when it comes to music, and they don't. Uh, and it's no fault of their own, but they don't actually understand the machinations and the subtleties of the industry whereby the artist uh, at some at some point in this whole system they have to get paid, and what they're getting paid by virtue of these streaming services, uh, the Apple Music's, the Spotify's, etc., uh, etc. Et it's an absolute insult. So the new model is indeed broken, in as much as the previous model was far from perfect. Um, they were getting at least some something that resembled fairness. Right now, it's a it's a very, very tough nut to crack. And if you're Radiohead, you can give away stuff uh, to you blue in the face. It makes no difference to you. But to the vast majority of artists who who struggle uh, to pay their monthly bills, uh, it's essential that they make money from their product. They shouldn't just be making money from gigging and merchandise. So read the article. Very, very interesting. Now, it's time to start our excursion into the wonderful and fantastically bizarre and gorgeous ethereal world of Professor Yaffle. The look of wonder on your face It holds a special place in my Oh, 
Sitting here is thinking the same And no one's saying anything for 
you just heard Last Stop Enlightenment. And before that, you heard In My Dreams, both songs as chosen by Lee himself, who I'll be talking to in just a second. So before I pass over to a chap that sounds very much like myself and Lee, do remember that uh, I always ask you on a weekly basis to kindly recommend the show to to one person to help uh, the listenership grow organically. So if you can help me out by pinging someone to nearperfectpitch.com, you obviously have a very, very good taste because you're listening, uh, but do try and uh, help me gain uh, more and more listeners week over week, and then I can hopefully, uh, well, progressively start doing a better job of uh, of the programme uh, that I record every Sunday here from Ottawa in uh, the nation's capital, as they say, in Canada here, and uh, hosted by CKCU, the station in Ottawa that uh, is incomparable. It's uh, the leading and best community radio station in Canada and uh, they graciously let me record my show here every Sunday. Thanks to all concerned. Now over to me and Lee. You're going to learn an awful lot in this chat and I'll be back soon. Hello, is this Lee? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is, mate. How, how are you keeping? I'm not bad. It's Sunday. I'm sitting here with a cup of coffee talking to talking to you, which is fantastic. So um, let's let's start at the very beginning, shall we? Because um, I first heard of you way back when when you did uh, a collaboration with the Nebudelic Sound System. Yeah, and that was an awful long time ago. I mean, that's a lifetime ago, isn't it? Really. I mean, you, you, the vocal talent said, don't, don't, don't hurt at all, but it was, it was wonderful because what I thought initially was, being that that was 10 years ago, I thought, there can't possibly be another band from that area with the same name who have who's just rocked up 10 years later. So I tried, I tried to join the dots and, and, you know, up until recently, it's, it's been quite difficult to find any uh, press or media about you because you've been steadily getting it done, but getting it done rather quietly as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, we're not, we don't do these amount of gigs. Um, let's keep it that way. We just do about two or three a year. Yeah. Um, and we've been uh, concentrating on trying to put our album together. Um, but that's possible. We get a bit of radio music sound coverage. And Tom Robinson from uh, BBC Six Music. Yeah. He plays our tunes. But um, we haven't really courted anything like that. We're just doing it all at our own pace. Um, and again, like I say, back in those days, that was probably my space where there was a bit of a boom. Yeah. And that died off. Um, but kind of just going by Facebook and Twitter and getting a bit of sort of following uh, from them. But again, I'm glad that you remember that track because I just, I, I dug it out again looking for it myself for the first time in about six months. Yeah. Um, and it's real, like, like it, it, was a, it was a vocal track that I had done. Yeah. And I, I sent it up to him and he built a, you know, he built that track around it. And then it was featured on uh, Mighty Fat Records Chasing the Third. That's was right, yeah, it was on that compilation, wasn't it? Yeah, the compilation, uh, it's a great little label, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's real. I mean, 
funnily enough, I actually, the vocals for that track, uh, I recorded in 2003. Blimey. So, and it was, uh, it was February 2003, and in fact, it was 2002, it was February 2002, and the reason why I know that is because it was, the, uh, it was a couple of weeks before my daughter was born, and uh-huh. the very first music I recorded properly, and um, you know, she, she's uh, in a final year of senior school, now she's uh, 16 in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> yes. So I did the vocals in 2002, and then, like I say, it found its way up to Edinburgh in about 2007, and I first got to put magic on it. Well, it's it's just fantastic, and thank you for joining the dots there because it was it's not an easy thing to get your head around. So the, the the genesis of that track was my first introduction to you, and then some you know reading a lot of buzz, especially in the northwest, obviously uh, around Merseyside, per- preliminary wise. But um, out of nowhere, Bosch bang a debut double LP, which is unheard of, which is fantastic. I mean, no messing at all there, really. Oh, brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, um, you know we we had a lot of songs built up. And some of them we went back and totally redone. Some we partially redone, and then we recorded about six or seven new ones last year. But at the beginning of last year, the first of the band, you know, we were finally updated. I think for about five years it's been saying we've had a little bit of interest in different labels. Yeah. Um, but nothing to do with money, more to do with presentation and and the chats that we were going to have. It. Uh, no hard feelings. It just kind of petered out, and I thought you can do this yourself nowadays. So last year, I thought we'll concentrate on our efforts on putting something out, and it still took the best part of last year. But after we took so long, I think why we should just get it right. Yeah. In the end, we've got something. I mean, we've left a handful of tracks off. I think we probably had a good thirty back up. Ooh. Twenty-two for the album. Yeah. Uh, and like you know, we wanted to get the cover looking right. So I called in a lot of help. You know, from various people. There's six of us in Genesis of the band. Yeah. Um, I. Daughters perform on it, both my daughters, and they've got to come somewhere and said this as well. Yeah, I saw uh, that. We, we, we called in people um, from New Zealand on saxophone and just from all over the place, and then some talented um, people let them know to help us with the sleeve and what have you, just to finally get something that we like how it sounds and like how it looks. Uh, it shouldn't have took five or six years, but it did. <laughs> well, it, 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 I'm, I'm glad that you took all the due care and attention because rarely do you. Uh, as, as, as a music fan, rarely do you, do, you, do you get your ears around a debut release with such maturity, and also, uh, as I mentioned, you know, a, a double LP. It's it's almost a missing it's, it's a missing art form, and despite this being a sort of a conglomerate of, of a lot of tunes that you've had, probably bapping around the back of your brain for years and years and years, it does present itself as 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 a as a, a an entire whole piece. Like it's it is a double album in in the truest sense of the word, uh, meaning that that. It, it's it all it all fits together. Did you did you consciously uh, think about the track sequencing, i.e., you know, bearing in mind what will be pressed on vinyl, what will be the last song on 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 the B side of of, of the first record, for instance? Did, did you sort of go to those lengths? Well, part of what you're saying is definitely yes. The oversight was not thinking about vinyl because a lot of people have asked me about vinyl, and it will make it impossible pretty much because it would have to be triple album on vinyl. Yeah, uh, and, and expensive. Fantastically well sailed wise. I don't think that, that would make sense. No. But in terms of the other part of the question that you asked me, most definitely, I knew what I was going to have open and closing the two discs. And um, there's just a kind of, there's a flow to it because some of the songs have linked. You've got like Son of a Hermit. Yeah. And then there's I'm Not a Hermit Anymore. Uh, and there's um, 
bring them inside my mind and happiness and peace of mind. So I, I kind of threw down the corners of the album, and then I, I thought that they you know, I'll put those tunes there as well. And then some of the others, I thought, well, that would be nice if that flows into that. But I think the impact wasn't me. It was uh, I think Dan that came up with that part. Yeah. Falling into you, the final part of that, the way that goes into drifting through space. In fairness, I'll come up with the sequencing of it, but Dan highlighted that the last note of uh, falling into you goes into uh, drifting through space. Yeah. But even though I had the idea in mind, it worked out actually better when we put them down together. But we did. We thought was I think the last thing we'd done. Me, Dan, and Mike, we spent a lovely Saturday. Again, I went down with notes all scribbled out and just putting it all together and putting the little parts in between, uh, dropping a few key voices in there. I don't know whether, I've never mentioned it before, I don't know whether anyone's picked up on it, but we've got Roger Waters' uh, voice, he's, he's in the pub just before the last stop in Enlightenment. Uh, is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think what he's saying. Yeah, I think he's saying, what do you mean, Happy? That's Roger Waters. From the dark side of the moon. Oh no, it's from Pink Floyd and Pompeii. Pompeii, uh, yeah. From the documentary with that. Fantastic. Well, well, I, I don't want to um, put you on the spot with regards to your age, but but of course, I, as, as a child, I was a, I was a big Backpuss fan. Who wasn't, right? Um, and yeah. at the end of the day, um, are you old enough to have seen Backpuss in, in his pomp? Uh, well, it was started in the sixties, wasn't it? But yeah. It was also shown throughout the seventies. Yeah. And I don't mind saying age. I'm, I'm forty-five. I'm forty-six in a couple of weeks' time. Okay. Uh, it's a big week. Big week for us because my wife's birthday the same day. I'm hoping daughters in the same week as well. Oh, smashing! Busy, busy so week. Well, I'm just trying to place. I'm just trying to place you chronologically, of course, because I mean I've got I've got five years on you, so um, it was you know five to five. I, I was just really quite taken with anything that Oliver Postgate did, and it's kind of funny because I, I was talking to uh, another Scouts band uh, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, the Fenway. Uh, I'm not sure if you're fam familiar with those lads, but uh, they they've got a real fixation on Oliver Postgate, and um, I'm just curious as to know why 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 uh, Professor Yapple ended up being the name because it's, it's it's always been something that's stuck in my mind since I was a kid. I think it's stuck in mind as well. I can't um, like I uh, yeah, I loved it. He kind of like the dreamy. Yeah. A bit creepy as well. When you look back <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, so it was kind of like a bit gothic, wasn't it? But, <laughs> yeah, it's familiar, but you know, it's, 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 it's funnily enough, kind of like the film that I loved, like The Wicker Man in my mind. He's the one that's doing the program. There's sort of linked in my mind. I don't know, it just conjured up this kind of similar feeling. Um, but, and then at the time for the name, well, it was always given with MySpace days, and I didn't give a huge amount of thought to it. Yeah. But I wanted to. What, what I did want to do, I didn't want to call myself Lee Rogers because some of the songs, well, some of them got human and some of them a little bit heavy. And I wanted to lighten the kind, I wanted the kind of cartoon name. I, 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 it was more like, so that's a badly drawn boy. Yes. So, like, you know, I, I quite like his music. I'm not a massive fan, but I think he's done some brilliant songs. Um, but I wanted something, so I'm not using the name, I'm using a bit of like a, a you know, a, a cartoon name, so to speak. But at the same time, not just any cartoon name, one that I saw sort of, yeah, it's got a sufficient amount of mystery to it and familiarity, but it's 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 going to be the conduit to a lot of people discovering the music just out of pure curiosity, which can't be a bad thing. Well, I hope so. I mean, we'll wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. A lot of people have um, discovered it at the moment, and if any of them are through the name, or any kind of involved in, we're glad. As long as you enjoy the music, 
But um, I mean, a, a few years ago, I, I had maybe five years ago or so, I was considering. Um, I mentioned about changing the name of the band, and we were going to go with General Zod. <laughs> oh, General like, Zod. Okay. <laughs> Bit of Terence Stamp action, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just thought it would have been funny to call the record Neil Before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we decided not to. I'm glad we decided not to. But, you know, we'll make it. Let's go well, that's not to say you couldn't, couldn't call another release. You know, Neil Before General Zod. You, don't, you can still do that. Yeah, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Well, again, if they ever brought a kind of, you know, like all the different styles of music. It's the name of the band, uh, and the band with them, like I say, is six of us, and that, that's a settled, we're all good friends, and that's, that's as long as it's been settled for, because I think the first gig I come was maybe about 2008, 2009, and since then, really, has, we've gone through a few drummers, but Mike uh, Holcroft, yeah. who's been our drummer for about six years now, is also a fantastic old man musician, and he also plays a very big part producing the album. Right. So, uh, I'm just trying to, to say, sorry, I was trying to be sad because my daughter's coming to the room, but my daughter, uh, this is my daughter Lucy, who actually helped me write In My Dreams as well, and she sings on the album. So Fair play, Lucy. I was going to say a quick hello. All right. Hi, Hi Lucy. Hi. Nice nice work. Uh, not, not, not a bad uh, debut release. Well played. You must be you must be proper chuffed. There's a lot of us out here who are raving about your dad's LP. So let's hope it. Uh, let's hope we can get more people turned on to the record. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All, all the best. Yeah. Take care. Tara. Bye. Sorry, I was just slightly distracted because I saw her coming into the room. No, no. Well, she's she's part of the band. No, you got to get her on. That's fantastic. So, so so back so back so back to these. Uh, these eight remaining tracks, uh, being a real selfish bastard and wanting more um, information and more, more, more material from me, do you, what, what will be the, the, the next release? Obviously, I don't want to rush you, but because you've still got this to contend with to promote the record, but what are you planning uh, for the next release to be? Is it going to be an EP, a single? No, it's, it's funny you should say that, because uh, I've been playing this morning, I went down to Dan's, um, you know, our guitarist, uh, and so I, I showed them about five tunes,
That's wonderful because uh, this uh, the, the double record the double record right now has got a lot of legs. I mean that that can tide me up, me and uh, hundreds of other people over for for the next few months. Um, you, you, you've recently supported uh, one of my heroes. Uh, you, you supported uh, Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band at the Florian quite recently, and uh, that that must have been fantastic. And you also cover Newby Street, so you've obviously got a lot of love for him. Yeah, um, I. Well, I'm friends with my book, but yeah. Yeah, I've got introduced to him. I mean, I've known his music for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I was around in Magical World of Stands, which is just a beautiful album. That it's a beautiful record. His music. I, I've, heard, I've heard about him before then, but it was at that time I thought, well, this is just amazing. Yeah. Um, it may go three or four years ago, someone played him sometimes, and he was blown away by it. And then, just coincidentally, I met him maybe the next day, and he asked me whether to come and do a gig with him. And from there on in, we were going down and jamming. And I can play those mandolins to some degree. And I was going out of his house and we were playing guitar. Oh, amazing. We playing my songs, I'm playing his. And it's going from there. We've done a gig in the Florey about two and a half, three years. That was, yeah, that was a few but, Decembers ago. Sorry, I got my dates wrong. But that was about, was that, was that 20, 2016 December or 2015? Well, I think it was 2015. But yeah. then more recently, I don't know whether you've seen the clips on YouTube. There was ones from last summer where we were in the tower. Ah. We were playing a uh, movie street, uh, and we were playing yeah. uh, Neighbours and Queen Matilda. So that was uh, a lovely little collective of people, and this beautiful choir that was singing along, including Michael's sister uh, and uh, Matty from the Shipbuilders, a Liverpool band, and yeah. that was us playing together. So that, that was great. But like I say, we drawn, we played on the uh, Florey main stage. I think it was just over two years ago. So that would be uh, December two thousand fifteen. But, uh, you know, a brilliant experience. When my goal was recording his most recent album, I'd be off saying, you know, I've called down to the studio to be fans as well. In fact, I, uh, I took him on in the 12th guitar, and I'm not sure whether they ended up on the album. Oh, itself, phenomenal. But, yeah, he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a lead musician. He's um, fearless, really. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Phenomenal. The, the lyrics, absolutely amazing. The melodies, uh, you know, great, absolutely great. All this music I love. The magical world of the stands, which I think, you know, that would be hard to beat that because there's very few musicians that ever have, or very few bands, you know, it's right up there, I think, with one of the best albums that's ever been written. But right across his whole career, through the Pale Fountains, uh, which we've actually been listening to before, yeah. up to his most recent album, there's not many people around that will keep you interested over that period of time that would keep you releasing such a strong music. Yeah, 100%. And you, yeah, you're right. The Strands and HMS Fable are just works of pure genius. And that doesn't and, and that doesn't take away from his, his other songwriting, which is as good as anything out there. But those two in particular, I can listen till till the cows come home. And uh, also, I, I was um, I've got to know uh, recently uh, Simon from Hightown Pirates, who who also knows Michael. And uh, it, was, it was Simon that was referring to. Sorry that I've introduced those people. It was Simon. Played, uh, my, uh, sometimes. Okay, well, there I you go. Yeah, Simon's a top guy, and, I'm a, and, I, and I do have a, a soft spot for, for the, for the High Town Pirates debut. So it's a really, really uh, beautifully raw record. I, and he hate me saying it's raw, but it is. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's, I was also in the uh, studio when Simon recorded that. It was the same studio, uh, Steve Powell's um, studio, that Simon and Mick recorded it. Yeah. And I actually went down and was hoping to put a little bit of a um, back and vocals of the guitar on it. 
but trying to put the better of us. But uh, yeah, Simon, Simon's a very good friend. Oh, good. And we've done some gigs with him, and we, I'm sure we'll be doing some more going forward as well. Lovely. Well, the collective grows. It's fantastic. It's uh, it's pretty nepotistic now. This little uh, inner circle <laughs> that you've got going there. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Dan and, and Michael, of course, uh, lending their hands to production. Is is there anybody else involved in the production process apart from Dan, Michael, and yourself? Um, now they're all the home recordings in front of a couple of our uh, home studios that I have my own that I have now. So we've been done between Dan and Mike's home studios. It was all recorded ourselves. It was uh, it was mixed, you know, ourselves, mastered ourselves. I said mastered ourselves. It was Dan that was responsible. Sorry, it was Michael that was responsible for the mastering. Yeah. But the production, um, Dan, Mike, and myself, really. Um, so that, that, that was the good thing about it. Why we didn't have to, there was no rush or anything because if you wanted to the studio, you know, just cost that all with that. Mm. Um, but for us, we had the time to be able to say, right, well, we just you know, want to get this right. You could say that, that enabled us to uh, take too long, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's not a problem to clock. So getting the, getting the, uh, the right kind of music out there and getting out presented in the right way is more important. You know, I'm not trying to beat any deadline. I'm saying that the next one. Hopefully, well, in my mind, it's about a year. Um, yeah. I can't see it being less than that. The likelihood would probably take 18 months. Um, we're certainly not going to take five years, but, you know, sometimes that's things last a bit, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. But when, when it comes to your lyrics, um, and, and again, I don't... I don't want to even attempt to boilerplate a process that's artistic, but do, do you have something formulaic in terms of uh, a process? Or, or, or are you one of those writers that's just perpetually scribbling down on, on napkins and beer mats and things like that? Um, I have a couple of books that I write down, but I've got to be in the right sort of frame of mind. I've been writing lyrics, really. Um, apart, I mean, you were made to me. That one just coming about half an hour. And that was with help from my uh, daughter Leah. And in my dreams, um, my daughter Lucy helped me write that. So they had a little part in, in the writing. But under normal circumstances, um, sometimes I'm just singing uh, singing along as I was doing mm. uh, when I was showing Dan a song this morning. And it kind of phonetically just goes up words and it, it, it goes, sunflowers was coming out. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what that was about, but that seemed to be in the chorus. So some of them come along like that. But other ones, normally, I'll get the music first, and that'll conjure up maybe just a few words, and then I'll have to think about what is this song about. And in fairness, it does take me a long time to get to the lyrics right. I, I wouldn't want to just put anything out there, um, because it's, you know, it's just as important to me for the music as well. But I, I will go back and forth on them, and normally, like I say, words I can maybe sit down and write a song on the guitar, and I, I'm sure it was boxed off one a day. Um, sometimes the lyrics, like you say, may take a few months to get right. Yeah. And I just keep going back and going back. In fact, funnily enough, um, one of the songs the other day, it was Everything and Nothing. We were playing that in rehearsals. Um, no, it was Who I Could Be. It was Who I Could Be. We've never played that as a band. We were playing on rehearsals. And I had to get the book out about the lyrics. And I could just see where it changed them over and over and over again. So uh, <laughs> that was just kind of like you know, symbolic of um, you know the process of doing it because it was just all kinds of scribbled out and lines that have gone lines back and forth. Um, but not to repeat myself, I like to say, but like you were made for me, that come quite easily and quite quick. Yeah. Put it out, put it out on the edge of existence. They're ones that I mean, I'm proud of all them. They're ones that tell more of a tale where you've got a kind of 
actual events that have happened. Yes, um, yes. You know, uh, so them ones, I suppose, not saying they come easier, because they've still got to make sure that I get them right. But they're not like conjuring them up in thin air because they are actually recollecting, you know, things that episodes that have happened to me. Yes, that's what I was going to bring that up. It's a long winded answer, but they come in a whole, a whole range of ways. Apologies for the length of the answer. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's a very succinct answer, but but I, I agree. I mean, you've got a lot of referential, experiential uh, aspects to your to your to your songwriting, and uh, what one that I that I particularly get a kick out of is the uh, is uh, the Everton FC uh, uh, reference, um, which which I find rather funny. So, uh, needless to say, you're a blue, um, so we won't talk about we won't talk about football because I'm on the other side. Well, that was we were playing against Bolton in the FA Cup. It was a nighttime game, and Stuart Barlow. Uh, you, you, you recall Stuart Barlow? Absolutely, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. So Stuart Barlow, uh, he scored two. Yeah. He won a few times, and we ended up getting beat three-two. Bolton were in the division below in fairness. I think he beat Liverpool and Arsenal within that twelve-month period. Yeah. But there was um, there was uh, too much smoking uh, joint a couple of hours away from me, and. <laughs> As they do. And that was why I was trying to get them to put it out because it was, it was a different time in my life and it was creating a bit of a heavy atmosphere for myself. And I was staying across the roads, put it out. And again, the, the young lads who were looking at me as well, that was with my brother. He was saying, you know, what's up with you? But I was having a bit of my own demons that were going on at the time. And the bloke um, said, why I've got to put it out. The best thing to come up with was, I'm allergic to it, which is not <laughs> <laughs> the only person on the planet allergic to weed. Exactly. So that's reflected in the lyrics. Yeah. That actually says, you know, yeah. Because I'm all allergic. Um, but yeah, so we're going out. We were going out to the uh, FA Cup, and I was also saying to the security guard, "Can you let me out to the ground? Can you let me know for this?" So there's two things that's going on. I mean, I'm proud of that one because it's commenting on the match, the ball, or scoring and that. But it's also commenting on kind of me clinging on for survival. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful lyric, and again, obviously, it's so subjective to you, but to to the listener, it it, uh, it really does draw you in. I mean, of course, <laughs> there, there are other songs. I mean, the Edge of Existence is 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 very much uh, holds the same kind of uh, the same kind of light for me as does Let's Stop Entitlement, which to me is it's really tangible and palpable, and it, and, and there's obviously life experiences in my my little life that I can cross reference with with some of the lyrics that you drop and. It makes it even even more endearing. So, and whether it's conscientious, whether it's concerted, contrived, or organic, it, it is irrelevant. It, it, it for me, it works incredibly well. Your lyrics are so endearing, and I, I just hope to goodness that you uh, don't don't buy off that uh, that that track. Uh, well, thank you. It's the only way I can do it. Really, I mean, there's a couple of different ways that I write songs, and a couple of different styles that I write in. I mean, I would like to write um, uh, um, a meant to be or something, or my book meant to be, or sort of a, a new street in a a big kind of sing along type song. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, I don't think that's what I do. You know, my songs are what they are. Um, again, just like I say, I, I don't really choose to do them in a particular way. They're just what they are, and the lyrics are what they are as well. Even though those songs are quite heavy, I, I try to, like I say, introduce a little bit of humour. There's not much humour in the edge of existence, um, but again, that's, I'm, you know, that's one of my proudest songs. I'm, I'm really, really proud of that one. It's a beauty, and, uh, it's, and Tom Tom Robinson, uh, I think it's one of his top ten songs of recent history, isn't it? He made a video of him himself, and he's been great, Tom Robinson. Yeah, yeah. 
It's the only place I've. It's the only place I've ever heard your uh, your music aside from my own program. So fair play to Tom. Well, Dave, I should mention Dave Monks was on Radio Merseyside last night as well. He played a few, played three songs and I've done an interview. Yeah, I've actually got and, that, uh, yeah. I've actually got this up on me, uh, on Mixcloud to listen to later, actually. Yeah, and Chris Curry, he plays his face. In fact, I tell you, Mike Joyce is his name, the bloke, the drummer on X Smith. Yeah, X Smith. Cosmic Lullaby on Manchester the other week, so that, that was just thrilling. Hey, well. nice one, uh, that's good. It is, it's, I mean, it's, like I said, it's absolutely a thrill to ever, it's a hear us, to anyone else playing us. Just whatever, if anyone is interested in the music, you know, I've succeeded in doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I've not done it for money. You wouldn't you wouldn't create music for money, but that was never ever the intention. For me sitting there with a guitar, playing a couple of putting a couple of chords together, thinking, well, that sounds quite nice. I wonder what sound could with that. Taking it to the band and then creating something else. Even if it stopped there, that would just be a thrill for us and a buzz to thrill that we get from playing the tunes together or putting our album together or, you know, playing live or, and then other people being turned on by it, well, uh, again, you know, as long as I kind of get happy and healthily through to the reasonable old age, uh, that'll be my aspiration is done, you know, uh, that, that's all I'm after, for people to enjoy the music, and it's not for everyone, it really isn't for everyone, because we're all different, but there's an excellent, whether that's 1% of people, or, you know, a fraction or whatever, as long as there's someone that's enjoying the music, that, that's going to give us a major buzz. Yeah, uh, well, you got, we've got a We've got seven billion people on this planet. We only need a few hundred thousand people to become fans of you lot. Um, the, 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 the artwork, just want to talk about that because just quickly, um, it's, it's just, forgive the expression, but it, it's, it's brutally random. It obviously has some meaning to you and somebody else, but, but uh, why a massively uh, sort of zoomed in poodle cross with some space 1999 fonts, it's 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 fantastically cool and unique. But what's the the method to the madness? Well, the dog is me better than Terry Zuki that is uh, around, you know, milling around here for you. Um, so that's that's my lovely little dog. That's and don't, dog. Don't, we thought she was poodles when we first saw them, but they're not. She's a she's a peddling Terry, a fantastic dog. I stand corrected. Um, we're, we're we're cat people here. Sorry. Uh, well, we've got a cat. We've got a cat called Toffee as well. <laughs> Uh, You've got the lot, haven't you? Exactly. But the dog is a Bellington Terrier, and I take a walk in a place not far because I live on the kind of outskirts of Liverpool, uh, Lumps Meadows. I don't know. Are you oh, familiar with the outskirts? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the jog for you. Yeah, you live in a lovely part of the world if that's where you are. Yeah, that's great. Well, of, good dog walking place. We live in Muggles, so that's like five minutes in the car. We walk around Lump Meadows, which is a wildlife resort. Yeah. Famous for short eared owls and all that. So I walk with her most days. And she was just on this uh, tree trunk, felt tree trunk, and I took a photo of it and just loved the image, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. What I didn't want to do is, I mean, whether it was 25 or 45, I didn't want a picture of us all on the cover looking, trying to look good. <laughs> just, like, just like cowboys, like uh, Hotel yeah. California or something like that, you know, uh, it, that's all been done so many times. I wanted something a bit more, I don't know, random, but, you know, the album covers that I like. Outside from there, animals, things like that. So yeah. I just wanted a, a nice image. And then the inside shot, if I'm being honest, the inside shot, I had a lovely picture uh, which is up at the bottom of the car in a place where we holiday in Snowdonia was forever there. And it was a lovely um, place where we swim a pool, that's uh, when I say a pool, a pool in the mountains, you know, a stream. Yeah. And she, uh, the sheep and cows and stuff. And I had the same kind of sight of that with the pet. 
like the one that's inside uh, the inside sleeve now. But my gut feeling was that it wasn't quite the correct quality. So I then had to search for an image that was of a similar theme. Ah, uh, uh, okay. And, uh, later on. And that's why we had that nice picture of the cow. I thought, is it a bit too reminiscent of Adam Hart Mother? And then I thought, <laughs> I like Pink Floyd anyway, you know, it's not the front cover. And it's worked out fine. The back sleeve, I just wanted something stark to kind of, you know, sorry, to set off the lovely colours in the front. Yeah. I just wanted something kind of plain, black with the white. So there's, there's a gentleman named John Humphreys who is one of the oldest friends. In fact, he actually spoke and played the guitar. He's a phenomenal guitarist. But he's actually been set up his own really successful company doing kind of um, creative and artwork and stuff like that, working with TV. A lot of fantastic stuff that to do. So he uh, helped me with the back sleeve, but he's also responsible for the remix, uh, a shift in space as well. He's an absolutely brilliant musician. Uh, and I say a remix, in fairness, he, he's playing most of the instruments himself. Uh-huh. So he's kind of like the seventh member of the band, that, you know, and I, I just wanted to get his name in there as well. He's very important to the whole story. I, like I say, it, it wasn't uh, for him showing up for the guitar in the first place. We maybe wouldn't have had this, uh, this record. Great, well, <laughs> well, I'm glad that you mentioned him, so we all know that now. Now, I've got I've got um, an opportunity here because I'm going to uh, record the show after the interview. So, how about you pick uh, pick the three songs you'd like me to feature? Um, I maybe would think, maybe last stop and Okay, I, I, that's, that's that's quite fun. Um. I mean, Cosmic Lullabies, I would normally always use Cosmic Lullabies. Yeah. Because uh, I'm really proud of that tune. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of all of them as well, but with it being the album title, uh, I'd like to use that one as well. Gotcha. And, oh, it's a difficult one. It maybe, is. I mean, it's quite long, but maybe in my dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I'll maybe say them three. Lovely, that's great. Fantastic. You've curated three tunes. And I've got one last question for you, which is which is entirely unrelated, but uh, could could quite possibly stump you because it stumps a lot of people. Uh, but uh, it's it's a hypothetical question. You're around my place because um, you lot are doing this wonderfully successful East Coast North American tour, and I've got the kettle on. You've got a cup of tea in your hand, and, and I bring out the biscuit tin. But uh, in this case, it's it's a magic biscuit tin, and you can choose any biscuit, past, present, or future. What, yeah, what would you go for? People, sorry, I the when you're saying magic biscuits, it took me back. But would you, um, was you asking me my favourite tune? No, I'm saying uh, if you could choose any biscuit on God's green earth to have with a, a cup of tea, what would you have? Oh, You'd be amazed how many people who are just so quick to answer any question on God's green earth, you ask them what their favourite biscuit is, and it's like you've asked them to perform alchemy in your kitchen or something. I don't know, it's a tough one. I would, I mean, would, would a nice cookie, uh, I, I, would a cookie count? Absolutely, anything them. anything that resembles a biscuit. I mean, people have pushed the envelope here with Kit Kat bites and the most obscure biscuits on the planet, so it's complete open season here. I would like maybe uh, a nice cookie, that was from a bakery, uh, maybe with a bit of a, a white chocolate chips in it or something. Okay, like a white chocolate chip? White yeah, chocolate chip cookie. With a nice, with a nice cup of coffee, that'd be good. That sounds that sounds outstanding. That's what I had this morning. So I've got this um, this eloquent infographic that uh, I've put together for for artists adjacent to their cookie of choice, and it's just a bit of fun that I do in addition to the show. So uh, biscuits are as, 
because as, as I tell everybody, biscuits are a serious business. I mean, music obviously is uh, a serious business, but uh, biscuits hold a special place as well. So you are a, a white chocolate chip cookie man. Fan fantastic. So in the, mean in the meantime, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and, and I'm just delighted to be talking to, to you because I've got a, a massive fondness for the record. I can't wait for new material. And I hope that we can keep in touch. And cool. I'll be in touch, of course, with, with the details as to when this is uh, uploaded. But in the meantime, huge thanks. And uh, thank you for, 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 for presenting us with a record that I reckon is probably the best record of the last, uh, last uh, couple of years, hands down. So oh, fair play. Well, I mean, it's really lovely to say that. And thanks very much for chatting. You know, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And let's do it again. All the best. Yeah, take, take care. And uh, I'll be in touch very soon. All the best. Bye. Tremendous. Thanks so much, Lee. What a great chat that was, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. One more song to get to by Professor Yaffle before uh, I call it a day and uh, naff off back home. Cosmic Lullaby.
a wonderful way to end any programme Professor Yaffle and Cosmic Lullaby three songs in all you have heard from the immense, immense debut LP Cosmic Lullabies by Professor Yaffle my thanks again to Lee and my thanks of course to you for listening, next week you can look forward to me having a chat with Phil from uh, Pale Lights, two albums under their belt, a great, great outfit. And if you listen to all past shows, you'll have heard me play them in the past. Look forward to that next week. Again, my immense thanks to Lee and Professor Yaffle. I'll be back next week with more tunes and frivolity. ta